All right, looks like the stream is running now. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to your favorite Sunday night Xbox-centric show, the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is show number 258. Naturally, I'm your host tonight, Invader, and of course, it is wonderful to see you all here as more people start to pop in. Obviously, uh, still pretty early, but uh, you know, seeing uh, people pop in here. We've got a lot to cover tonight with some big news. There was a slew of layoffs that has hit, uh, well, Microsoft as a whole, but uh, there's definitely been some layoffs over at uh, Xbox Game Studios along with... Uh, you know, a key name leaving the studio in the process, uh, kind of a lot of things kind of mangled in together from the past week. We'll go over all that. Um, as well, there's more news popping up that Xbox may not be done with Scalebound, which is pretty interesting. We will talk about that. And Ubisoft is in a bit of a rut recently. Is the publisher up for sale? All this and more are going to cover a lot of different things. But first, let me introduce my favorite group of people around here, my panel members. Guys, who is lead off with uh, Centurion. Hey, buddy, how's things in the desert land? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, freaking, I, what can I say? Living in the desert has its perks when it comes to the weather. Uh, just been kind of hanging back, recovering from being sick all this week. Uh, still playing uh, Midnight Suns. I think I have put way too much time into that damn game, but hey, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, but other than that, man, just coming off of gaming on the gaming beyond the box of Wilmyhood, ready to dive into our topics, topics, and keep this conversation of gaming going, man. Tonight's gonna be fun. And I wholeheartedly agree, my friend. Uh, moving on down here, Eric Shockley, buddy. How's the week been treating you? Pretty good. Uh, been enjoying some uh, Persona 4 Golden on uh, Game Pass. Definitely check that out if you haven't or if you hadn't like touched the series. That's a great one. The music's probably the best in there. It's infectious. Like, every, like they have so many great tracks in there to keep the, uh, the flow going. But, yeah, definitely try that one out. Um, but yeah, just been trying to put up as many hours as I can into that and then hopefully finish that and I can jump back to Persona 5 Royale. But yeah, ready to get into these uh, topics. Some juicy today. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very juicy. Uh, definitely a, a wide array of topics here tonight. And yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Persona too. So yeah, glad you brought that up. Moving on down, we got General MLD, buddy, pal. What's new and exciting? Hey, yeah, good to be here. Uh, just finally got around to beating High on Life. Really enjoyed that game, Breath of Fresh Air, with the writing, because you just, you just don't find a game like that in modern games these days. But now I'm just bouncing back and forth between uh, Persona 5. I'm still just chipping away at that game every week, little by little. And I just started a game called Chained Echoes. Uh, it's a 16-bit style JRPG turn-based kind of game. So uh, I saw that mentioned on Twitter back in December. I finally got around, around to trying it. It's pretty good, I gotta say. So uh, th that's me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I can't really speak of Chained Echoes, but High on Life, again, like it really surprised me. I wasn't really thinking much up, you know, uh, about it up until it came out, gave it a shot, and I could not put it down. So... Very, very interesting oh, game. I saw you put like about 20 hours into that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I replayed a little bit too because uh, again, I've, I've been doing some achievement guides, so I've been. Uh, I had to. Oh, okay. There's a couple of missable achievements, and I thought I'd be able to get back to one replaying it on my uh, when I finished the game, but I couldn't. So I had to uh, go back and uh, put a at least an hour and a half into it again to uh, get an achievement and. Uh, yeah, you know, just that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I took my time like looking around for different things and I'm still going to be putting in probably a few hours into it more just because I really enjoyed it, right? So that's, nice. a, t that's a telltale of a, a good game to me, you know, like something that, again, it just catches your eye out of the blue. You weren't expecting it and it just sucks you in. It ropes you in what like game that. again? High on life. Oh, okay. Making sure. Kirby's Dreamland. <laughs> actually hey, man. Nope. oh no i was just about to say i i, I shouldn't knock no i shouldn't knock it i really liked uh, the latest kirby game so i don't know why i said kirby there but uh no anyway no high on life great game great game um yeah we got more people filing in here we got carlos here what's up buddy rwk always great to see you pal uh more people tuning in here Guys, quick reminder to hit that like button, sub to the channel, and of course, share this out as, hey, I would love to have more people here for the show tonight, and uh, you just have more gaming fans in general. Let everybody know that everybody's favorite Sunday night Xbox-centric channel is live now. Uh, let's see here. Now, uh, Timmy, you should be popping in soon. We sh uh, see maybe he's uh, watching some football. I know the playoffs are still going on. I don't know. He's a Giants fan, right, guys? I don't know. Uh, I don't think they did very well yesterday. <laughs> Maybe he has a bit of a hangover. We'll, we shall see. And uh, Crusader will be missing tonight, but hey, you know what? We miss him, and uh, he'll be back, so don't you worry. But with all that said, my friends, uh, on that note, why don't we go straight into our first topic of the evening? Uh, actually, it's kind of a mix of things, as I was saying earlier, but Microsoft recently announced a large number of layoffs affecting Xbox Studios, such as 343 Industries and Bethesda, and I also think it hit their marketing department, too, a bit. Uh, there have been a few now former employees chiming in, talking about the management at 343 being a mess, and they've been just unloading on them, well, certain personalities, anyway. Naturally, I feel bad for the affected employees, and hey, there are a lot, and my heart goes out to them, right? Um, but MLD, buddy, like, what are your thoughts regarding the layoffs? I know it's not something Phil would like to do or and whatnot, um, but because of the economic situation, you know, you see uh, Microsoft kind of falling in line with the others like Amazon and Google, but, you know, what, what, what's your thoughts here? Um, well, first, uh, this is a pretty big topic. Is this just about the layoffs, or are we, we going to talk about 343 specifically a little bit later? Uh, again, yeah, like I said, it's a mix of things. Like We can like nitpick uh, one thing and then go to another and another. If you want to start with the layoffs and then move directly into 343, that's totally fine. Okay. Okay. Well, well of course, no one likes talking about this kind of stuff. It's just not fun. Like uh, Apparently, a, a lot of big tech has been laying off people, not just Microsoft, but Google, Amazon. I guess, I don't know, we're going to a recession, the sign of the sign of the times. But uh, I feel like it, give, it can give the regulators some ammo in terms of the acquisition process. 
but ultimately I'll think it's going to be a deal breaker. I, I'm sure Microsoft will say their reasons why uh, X amount of employees had to go or what roles they did, or if there's a pattern with that or what have you. Um, I don't know. Just, uh, I, I just told everyone, uh, I mean, you see people online, um, yeah, they're, they're, people are being outreached. Like, you know, I, I hope everyone, you know, everyone lands on their feet, so to speak. But uh, that's not that's all my opinion really is on that. Uh, I really have more to say on uh, 343 specifically because you know, I'm a Halo fan at heart. Like, that, that's that's my favorite gaming IP for Xbox. And they seem to be the developer that got hit the hardest. And yeah, that just, I don't know, it, it's... Uh, I'm a big Halo fan, and you won't see me criticize Halo too harshly, but even I have to say a little bit of something on this matter. Because, uh, first off, I think Joe Staden leaving was, I think, uh, pretty unfortunate. Luckily, he's not leaving uh, uh, three or four. Th he's not leaving Microsoft. He's just going to back to Xbox Publishing. Right. So at least there's that. You, you can still be retained, like you know, for cons con consulting purposes, things like that. So, and the guy who was uh, um, picked to, to head three four three, uh, Pierre. Uh, I forgot his last name, but Pierre something. Heinz or he, something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, he actually helped uh, bring Halo MCC like from the brink of death to what it is today. And what it is today is, in my opinion, like the best compilation of Halo uh, like ever with all these features and content that wasn't even presented in the original games upon their releases. So this guy, he's pretty good at, you know, turning Halo around. And he will now apply that to all of Halo now going forward. And I think overall, that's a very good it's a very good step. So everyone who's worried about Joe Stan leaving, I think this guy, he's a pretty good, you know, second choice, I'd, I would say. Now, um, <laughs> then there's the things about, what, um, Halo Infinite's uh, campaign uh, DLC is either scrapped or not, it wasn't coming in the first place. That, to me, is unfortunate. Um, that's, that's usually my bread and butter with Halo. I, I love the story. I love the lore. I hope they did more. I was hoping they would do more with the campaign and continue the story, but I guess we'll see that um, just somewhere down the line now, because the question is that everyone's asking is, uh, what is Halo gonna do going forward? Are we going to keep just plugging away Infinite and hope that it gets better? Uh, in my opinion, I'm gonna. I, I'm I'm thinking Halo Infinite is kind of in a anthem situation, if you will. Like, is it worth putting all this money? into a game that a lot of the players have already left. Personally, I think uh, you should keep the multiplayer side going, which 343 is doing. They did confirm that much. So keep doing seasons with battle passes and keep adding content and playlists and things like that. Keep the online as fresh as you can. Uh, do, do a lot of Forge-made uh, maps. Get a lot as much map variety in there as possible. Uh, things like that, right? Going in that regard. But I feel like they should take all their resources now and just put it into a brand new Halo game. Like, I'm talking go back to basics. Um, developing this game by committee, it doesn't seem to work. And, and by committee, I mean uh, executives that seem to like to chase trends. Like uh, like live service kinds of games, you know, the Fortnites, the Apexes, uh, the, you know, the Call of Duty Warzones. You know what I mean? Like, just make a solid Halo game. And I think they, they got that right with the base gameplay. The, the gameplay of Halo Infinite is pretty good. 
it's it's the implementation of the, of the package as a whole that was chasing trends. I think they 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 should finally get the message that it, it's just not working. Like I'm talking like go back to like a Halo Three kind of game, like mm -hmm. linear levels, like drop the open world, the empty open world, like just give us a linear level but with open areas, like Halo Three had, which which Halo prides itself on these sandbox, these mini sandboxes that you can tackle certain situations however you want. And that's really what Halo was. And I said, yeah, just go back to that. And enough with uh, things not coming day one. Like, we expect certain things to be there day one, like a playlist like Infection, Big Team Battle, uh, co-op, especially if you promised it beforehand. Uh, I'm a firefight guy. And I was disappointed that if it didn't get firefight, it may not get it at all. So include that day one. Um, it, I think Halo Infinite's Forge is so good. Just migrate that over to the next Halo game, and no one will care. Everyone will, everyone will be happy with that. Like just do that. I think the plan, the 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 map is there. The roadmap is there. Three four three just really has to get back in touch with the roots of the IP, and just. Make it happen. Make it happen like that. Just go back to the drawing board. Go back to basics. So they lost a lot of people. I'd say sixty, at least sixty people, and some say over a hundred. Which brings me to another thought, which is the contractor work. I think it's pretty evident that the contractor policy just it just it just wasn't helping. Like uh, they a contractor could only be there for eighteen months, and they had to be let go. Which means the next guy had to be retrained. And start all over again because the slip space engine is a is a proprietary engine. Like a new hire won't know this engine from scratch. They have to learn it as they go, and that that just eats up part of the 18 month period. So uh, I I don't think it's a good strategy, and I I hope I hope they got the lesson from that. And because I think 343, there's still like a development studio that are at least a few hundred people strong. I wouldn't think they would need contractors on that kind of level anyway. But hey, but, but what do I know? I'm just yeah, we're just you know, talking about games here as as from the perspective of fans. But in the end, um, a lot of people online spreading false news, false hate. Like Halo's getting Halo's going get, gonna be dead. Three four three is getting shut down. Luckily, they sent on three four three sent out an official tweet saying or like a, a message saying that Halo is not going anywhere. We're still gonna make uh, games with Chief, uh, multiplayer, single player, all that stuff. It's a little sad that they had to say that in general, but at least it put those bad rumors to rest. Let's just all hope that as fans of Halo, that they give this franchise like the true the true attention it deserves and stop trying to make it something that it isn't. Like just give us a really, really good Halo game and not trying to uh, just you know piggyback off of what what someone else is doing. So as a as a diehard Halo fan, um I'm still optimistic. I really am. Because, yeah, Pierre, I think I love MCC. That's a great game, a collection with all these features. And if they apply that energy to Halo in the future, I think the series will still be okay. There's still room to bounce back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's my, that's my take. This is just, uh, <laughs> this, is all, this is all just a road bump in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, the yeah. general soapbox. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, well, I, it is a lot to dive into, right? Because there is a lot of information kind of strewn about here. Um, you know, a few different things. Joe moving over to publishing side. You know, some things specifically with 343 and so on. I'll admit, when it said, uh, when I saw the statement of Joe leaving for publishing, 
I'm like, okay, one, that's a, a good thing because I liked the, I really liked the things that he was doing on the Xbox publishing side. But at the same time, it's like I, I, I trusted him, or I, I do trust him as a, as a steward uh, to the Halo franchise. Um, that's not to say that uh, Pierre hasn't done anything good because, as you said, um, he did like him and uh, a bunch of the people on the MCC team have done a wonderful job with that uh with that game collection and i do look forward to see to see what pierre can bring to you know just having the complete oversight of the studio but at the same time for joe to leave i'm like i don't know like i just i really hope that he has like has things in place or set them on a course for success right because uh you know joe's a pretty uh big figure He's a pretty big figure and a lot of again a lot of people uh you know trust him with the halo ip so uh, I really hope that he put some, you know, instilled some really good things into this, uh, into Pierre and whatnot and the studio as a whole. Um, what did you think overall of his statement, though, MLD? Like, I mean, it was short and sweet. Like, I wasn't expecting, like, 343 or him to put out a statement, but, you know, Halo and Master Chief here to stay. Uh, they'll continue to develop Halo now and in the future um i was just kind of surprised that it was so short i thought they would have like maybe addressed some like campaign dlc stuff too right because that hasn't really been set in stone either yeah in terms of that i think what they were going for was i don't know just the less is more short and sweet approach uh the more they write the more there is to deconstruct like you know people will hang on to every word and just analyze every sentence so the less to say in this regard maybe is the better not to say that they don't they sh well they should say more i'm saying but that's for another day i think the priority of that message being so short was to put to bed all those nasty rumors that 343 is going to shut down or halo is going to go to another developer or yeah or <laughs> infinite's going to be abandoned altogether completely i don't know a, a lot of false news was flying around and they had to say something so at least we now know that halo's not done halo's not done 343, they're still the, the main developer, and they're still going to make multiplayer, single-player content, and Chief's still going to be a character. <laughs> so they, they point out the obvious, or at least what, what should be obvious, I guess. So how they do that, that is up in the air. Whether, again, they try to put more time and effort into Infinite, or just go back to the drawing board and make a brand new campaign. So that is to be seen. And, but I think that is for another day, another message that then. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they, had, they had to say, yeah, they had to say something. Like there, there was too many, too much, you know, negativity and rumors flying around. So, yeah. Well, I, I can just say right off the top of my head, Halo's not going anywhere. Like three four three was specifically made for Halo from the ground up. I, I don't see them going anywhere. I mean, I know that they put out that statement, but guys, for better or for worse, three four three is going to be handling that. Um. Again, I know there's been a lot of like ups and downs with various things, uh, hits, misses. I really liked Infinite, really did. But I mean, even like I, I put out a very lengthy review for it, like a month after it came out. I spent a lot of time with Infinite. And... Oh yeah, like yeah. Oh sorry, go go. Oh finish, no no finish. no no no. Sorry, it's just like again, there were like these annoying things, like oh I you know you couldn't just. Um reload uh like you know because in previous halo i know that they have it now but like for a year they didn't have uh you know you could pick 
like uh, which well, level select, level you select, mean. and whatnot. Like, there's been all these slow things that they've been adding in, and it's like, you know, how far yeah. were they behind? And like, like as you said, the whole live service thing. Just in my opinion, it hasn't been working out. Uh, and the store itself, I, I really don't like the store. I'll say it right now. I think it's a disgrace. Yeah, because the one real criticism I have for 343, like, if I, I really had to boil it down to just one thing, they cannot meet a deadline to save their lives. Uh, they make a promise uh, and give you a, a vague timeline, and they just they kept missing it over and over again. And a lot of updates, like, again, you like you said, level select, that took a very long time that no previous Halo had really any trouble of implementing before. I think it goes back to my theory that the Slipspace engine, whoever coded for it, it is such a bad engine to code for that even doing the littlest things takes so much time to do. Like, it is not an intuitive engine at all. Because I remember Halo 5, that Halo 5 didn't launch with some stuff day one. Like, there was no Forge or whatever. But, that, but Forge came in December of that year, and it, Halo 5 launched in October. And there was a steady flow of content. I'm talking every month, three months. There were sizable updates. Uh, by by Halo 5's first year anniversary, uh, the game was pretty much considered complete, mm -hmm. um, you know, more or less. So, but compare that timeline a year after Halo 5 to a year after Halo Infinite. It, it's it's like 343 slowed to a crawl. And I know they're not they're slow, but they're not but they, they're not that slow. Which me, leads me to believe, yeah, it, it's the engine. Which which I think begs a whole other t topic of questions. What do you do with a slipspace engine? Do you put more time into it to smooth it out? Smooth, smooth out the kinks? Or do you just scrap it or and go go pick another engine? Like, I'm sure, yeah, there's engines that, that Microsoft now owns. Like, there's uh, id Software's engine. Yeah. There's, yeah, but yeah, I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but... Xbox owns a considerable number of proprietary engines. Hell, even on even on Unreal Five, there was that rumor that was going around. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's just a lot of choices. I think a lot of hard choices now that Three Four Three has to make, and I think the labs was just like I'd say the tip of the iceberg. It just like I'd say like the first first step to whatever vision they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. I yeah. would say just to go off of that is my big thing with. Because I, I do think uh, 343 has done a lot of good for the franchise. I, I know some people in the comments are, you know, going to say <laughs> a few things about that. But I, I do really think so. It's just taking them a little while to find their footing. That being said, I, I, I did find a bit of a hubris to them in a, in a way. Because, you know, like, we know what's best for you. Like... You know, again, we listed off a few things, MLD. We've done it a few times before of, you know, oh, it would be great if they added this and this in, and I keep say, seeing it from all the fans. Firefight. Oh, we need more of these playlists, like standard plays, like a, a race or uh, infection or you know, other ones, right? Uh, double team, which I think has came already. Uh, just, again, all these, or multi-team, whatever it is, action sack, so on. Um, a lot of these just social playlists. Also, again, just uh, things like playable elites, right? Uh, because it gives people, like, again, machinima creators are huge with that, right? Content creators, uh, like, I, there's all kinds of crazy stuff on YouTube for that. 
but or just people you know again like you have playable elites you can do different things with that too and add you know for different modes like oh man i, I would love for invasion to come back i yes i'm one of those guys that loved invasion <laughs> but um you know it's just those types of things right and that's what i always nagged at 343 for and i just hope going forward that yeah you know they're gonna be again listening to the fan base i'm glad that i, I was so happy with a lot of the way that infinite turned out but I always liked Halo when it was its own thing, and again, I hate it when they latch on to, oh, we need to do the loot box thing, you know, Halo 5, right, uh, surprise, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, with Infinite, it, it's the store and just the way again that they've done things like just to you know buy a lot of the you know colors that you want for example i know that they, 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 they have a bunch of free ones but it's just there's a lot of things that are kind of ridiculous so i really hope that they learn from these mistakes and move on uh, well mm-hmm. i will say though like that infinite did do a lot of things right in my for me i think uh i'm a bama story guy i'm a lore guy and in that regard they knocked it out of the park they learned their lessons from halo 5 and Halo Infinite story really hooked me, and where the series is going to go from here after being the campaign, uh, there's a lot of interesting possibilities. So in that regard, they they got it just right. It's just you know sustaining the game post launch that they really just got a nail, you know. And yeah, uh, so it's not as bad as 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 uh, people think as people say it is. Yeah, it's just a matter of uh, you know just just find their footing again. I think more or less. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, no, and I agree. I totally agree. I and again, I'm uh, I I love the game for the most part. I really do. I really do. I haven't booted it up in a while, but I probably should uh, soon. Uh, let's see who to pick on. Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, what do you think? Uh, do you agree what uh, we're saying about like three four three? Like, what do you think about these uh, layoffs that have happened across again like, Xbox Studios, three four three, and Bethesda, and uh, Joe Staten? leaving uh for xbox publishing or if you just want to chime on what, what pierre heinz said uh about again halo staying with 343 uh shockley you're you're muted pal in case uh you didn't know okay uh centurion pal i'll hit up you uh shockley i think is busy uh what are your thoughts on the matter I was kind of hoping for Shockley to go first, just so that way I could. Um, man, I have a lot of thoughts. Me and you talked about it the other night mm. um, about some of the way I was feeling about people reacting on social media. Um, you know, fire up the chat here just so I can watch the drama unfold. So that's where. Um, let's just for like really because we we, you know we brought up the layoffs it's really tragic to hear um you know and this is one of those things where through my life experiences uh the places i've worked the people i've worked for and friends that i have that have jobs just like mine um sorry to break it to you but the world is not gumdrops and lollipops um it's a very cruel world out there um, and everybody wants to see return on their investment. Um, this is something I brought up with Invader um, the other night. Because, um, mm-hmm. um, like, I see people daily go out on Twitter 
and demand to see the return on the investment that they gave in Xbox for that $10, $15 in the Game Pass. Everybody is always out there demanding, I want to see what I'm paying for. And that return on investment. You invest your 10 to $15, the return is what you get in Game Pass. Shareholders, it follows the same, the same concept. They invest hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into a company and they want to see that return on investment. And that investment is making them money. Money makes the world go round. Regretfully, companies base everything on numbers and sacrifices were sadly made. Yes, it's going to affect Xbox, but let's like, I like how everybody, I don't know, it just seemed like everybody online automatically assumed that all of these, uh, these layoffs were straight up like on Xbox when it seems like on the Microsoft, like a Microsoft as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about some of the big layoffs. Um, they completely called the entirety of projects like HoloLens, alternate mm-hmm. space VR, mixed reality toolkits. I could have told you that was going to happen because regretfully virtual reality and anything or augmented reality, as cool as it is, as much as PlayStation is wanting to, to push that forward, we see that things are happening in that world that are not very good. I mean, the metaverse is completely failing. People are not wanting to invest in virtual reality as a play toy. You're not going to get a lot of companies that are going to want to sign up as, on it as a professional tool set. So regretfully, yeah, there was some layoffs in Microsoft that, you know, it, it that's where they're trimming out jobs that regretfully are, are going to slowly come to a close. And now we also saw with uh, Joseph Staten, uh, his his role, what he did at 343, uh, he did what he was supposed to do. He was he fixed the campaign that was there. Um, he got a direction going for them, and he fulfilled his role, and now he, they are moving him back to, uh, I believe, the publishing side, Invader? Yeah, he's uh, rejoined the, uh, the um, yeah, Xbox publishing as a whole. So, like, I guess more... I guess just overseeing all the projects, especially uh, right. third-party stuff. Right, and that's what he's really good at. And like, that's what he does. He's good at overseeing things. Why do we want him to oversee just one game when he can be really good at overseeing a plethora of games? Um, you know, like obviously, um, Microsoft had a way of finding. Um, basically, Microsoft had found a way of restructuring certain jobs, getting people in other positions, but regretfully, not everybody could keep their position. Um, and, you know, some of these positions were probably, like we talked about, that contract thing. That contract rule completely sucks. Hopefully, mm-hmm. this is that hopefully these layoffs create a positive, at least on the Microsoft side, in how they deal with contract workers. And maybe they're going to dial that back a little bit and we're going to get a lot more permanently hired people um but uh there was also a tweet that went out on xbox i mean not xbox twitter um that that actually outlined you know everybody's so quick to damn xbox for laying off ten thousand people but since 2011 um microsoft has actually created uh, they since 2011 microsoft is heavier by 121,000 employees so they have created a, a 121,000 jobs at Microsoft since 2011, and those people are still there. 
over on the Sony side, and I'm saying Sony because I'm not directing this exclusively at PlayStation, but on the Sony side, there has been, Sony is actually 61,000 people lighter. Those are jobs that were not replaced. So why are we damning a company that has created over 120,000 jobs and that all these people are still there, but we're not damning the company that has gotten rid of 61,000 people since 2011 and they have not had, they're not, they're not basically creating jobs. They're getting rid of jobs over time. Right. Yeah. And again, to be fair, not to interrupt, but just to add on again, again, all these other companies in the past few weeks have been laying off similar, if not larger numbers. You look at Amazon, Google, even more recently, 12,000, I believe uh meta as well lots of people again that's something like uh and again another ten thousand. i mean uh you know i don't enjoy talking about these numbers obviously because uh not only is it bad for all the people involved here but you know it's not a good sign of uh you know the economy the world no no it's not uh but yeah no just to uh, latch on to what you were saying i mean again they're not the only ones in this position i mean uh, sony is probably i don't know if they've posted anything more recently but they probably will soon right well i remember when they completely shut down the entire uh european division of <clears throat> of their like i remember when sony basically said hey we're actually going to start scaling back in europe and we're going to start ramping up in in the United States in the Western because for some reason, like like I'll say it right now, us Americans, people here in the Western Western part of the world, we're absolutely crazy. We freaking consume uh, entertainment like it's like freaking uh, like it's air, and we spend a lot of money on movies, games, music, and other forms of entertainment. And yeah, that's where Sony's like, hey, we're going where the money's at. Uh, And that brings me to the other part with 343 when it comes to Halo. I already said back in the past, a few months ago, that Halo Infinite has turned into the experiment that has gone completely freaking wrong. Um, And this is where do we try to continue the experiment and, and try to push forward and course correct, or do we stop? And what I mean by stop is it's time to just basically focus on what's there and start moving on. Um, that's where we saw, like, the news came out that it's not even sure if there was anything in production for uh, single-player campaign content and other forms of DLC when it came to single-player uh, the campaign. Um, it seemed like that they were hyper-focused on games as a service. Um, and this is why uh, I loved how uh, Carlos from Four Guys with Quarters said it, and we were talking about this pre-show. You know, if you're, this is where these companies are going to have to decide on what fan base that they are going to want to appease, and this is where there is a big division in these two fan bases. No matter what, if you whatever fan base you're gonna pick, you're gonna piss off the other one, and you're just gonna have to weather that storm of people being pissed off and potentially not playing the game. You're not going to create a game that's going to be able to cater to both. And that's where, what are they trying to cater to? Are they trying to cater to customers? And this is, I hate that I'm not trying to single anybody out, but I'm just using this as an example. Do they try to cater to customers like General and Invader that prefer single player, linear, uh, linear version of the game that focuses mostly on campaign? 
or do they want to cater to the demographic of a player that enjoys free to play destiny uh fortnite apex legends um this is where they're gonna if this is something that they want to pursue and try to still do both they're going to have to create separate teams and they are not going to be able to blend them all together. Like I, I kind of like how um, a little bit of like, I hate to use this term, but call of duty has Warzone, And then they have the standard call of duty game. They have a team working on Warzone and creating content and blah, blah, blah. And then you have another team that's creating the single player version of the game along with a base multiplayer game that we were used to, like with what we saw in uh, halo five. I think Microsoft and 343 really thought that they were going to be able to keep a viable game because of what happened with Halo 5 on how Halo 5's multiplayer actually was pretty damn popular. I know everybody talks about the loot boxes and the other stuff, but there was enough can there was enough content there to keep that multiplayer going. Um and that's where I really think they kind of effed up in the fact that with Halo Infinite they were using people that were accustomed to creating single player campaign content to somehow all of a sudden shift into this games as a service style and somehow create content that would appease the masses and that was where they weren't able to do that like halo infinite has some of the longest seasons in any multiplayer based games as a service game out there some of their seasons are like six nine months long where um you know that's that's a pretty astronomic amount of time for a season for a multiplayer game. Um, and the fact, the lack of modes, like you guys talked about, uh, infection, uh, forge finally coming across the, the uh, you know, the finish line. Um, this is where I really thought this is where I think they kind of messed up thinking that a team that was based in creating a single player game like halo four and halo five with a, with a very, very just almost like linear multiplayer game was all of a sudden going to have to somehow shift into games as a service. Um, and that's where I, it's kind of like the same faults that happened with uh, BioWare and Anthem. Uh, it was the wrong team for the job. This is where they, they're going to have to figure out what they're going to want to do in the future. If they're going to want to compete with uh, these games as a service, like we named earlier, uh, they're going to have to create a team, and the only thing this team does is worry about that part of it, and they don't intermingle with the team that is going to be working on a single-player concept that is going to try to appease the, the demographic of gamer that grew up on the Halo 1s, the 2s, the 3s, ODST, Halo 4, um, that whole Master Chief collection, um, and that's where... Uh, I could see why they're going to have a little bit of restructuring for three, four, three. This is like, you know, they're going to have to have that great big board meeting the the employee staff meeting who wants to work on single player content, who wants to work on multiplayer content. And we need to start figuring out how to get these teams to do what they're passionate about and to create something that can work. Um, and they're going to have to be two, so two totally separate titles. Hmm. I mean, I can't speak for everybody on the panel. I mean, I always thought that the best package uh, of a Halo game was Reach, personally. I just thought it addressed kind of a little bit of everything. But, again, we all got our favorites. I mean, I'll always harken back to Halo 2, Halo 3 for certain reasons. Just different I, memories, right? I just, like, right. And the thing is, what I'm worried about is 
Microsoft or Xbox, whoever you want to point at, um, they're wanting to get those uh, those numbers like they did with the Halo 3 and the Halo 5 where, where there was millions of gamers invested in playing these multiplayer experiences. But the bar has like the game has changed not don't mind the pun um because we've seen game like fortnite completely changed the industry a lot of people were not happy with how destiny one worked out yeah it had its rabid fan base um and then destiny 2 came out and people were just you know they, like basically destiny 2 had its thing going um but what really changed the game industry um is Fortnite, and whether or not people want to be happy about it Fortnite freaking happened sorry you know for those who don't like Fortnite or don't like what it's doing to the game industry sorry it's just one of those things where it, it freaking happened and this is what it's done it's changed the industry it put the concept that you could create a free-to-play game out there for people to consume and it will make a lot of money Yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely. I'm saying on that. Oh no, yeah, I, I, I totally, and uh, they don't want to miss out on that money, of course. Um, it's just a matter again if the studio is able to um, be structured that way to be successful in delivering th that kind of content update. So, well, well that's what I'm saying. Like, mm -hmm. is three four three better suited to create a single player experience? Okay, cool. In my opinion, they did a really good job with Halo Four. I liked it. They did a good job with Halo 5. I enjoyed playing it. Sorry that Master Chief didn't exactly come out to everybody's standards with Locke. <laughs> but if that's what they want to do is the single-player experience, then find a team that can do the multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think it needs to be more of a, you know, getting, like, the team like apparently there was issues even um like talking amongst the team obviously with the whole pandemic situation over the past few years you know things weren't uh, going well for everybody but it just it was kind of interesting when you hear about communication is issues uh, across the studio and the different parts of the studio having different ideas on what to do for the game it was just eh, just kind of weird so again i we we've spoken to uh certain developers and whatnot about like again from 343 i know i have and you know i i love them i i really love the developers from 343 they have a lot of passion but i just think the management really needed to uh you know that kind of they really needed to change that self so that's why i'm looking forward to pierre right now one thing that like i said and i'm glad that uh general touched on it um I hope this teaches you that having contract workers can sometimes be very flexible, but sometimes it can also shoot you in the foot because, I mean, General described it best. After 18 months, you got to get rid of this guy. And, and when you're working with a new engine and you're trying to create a concept that is long-lived, you can't just, like, take 18 minutes, like, because, like, a let me see like if i don't know if general said it like this but i like how other people also talked about it 18 months so you're gonna spend probably six months out of that person's tenure to create i mean to train them and to get them on a level where they can produce content on a on a on a very quality level that means you're going to get one year of quality use out of anybody you hire in a contract role 
And that's just not viable for a game that you're wanting to go 10 years. Yeah, no, no, you said it best. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, Shockley, buddy, you there? Yes, no? Yeah, no, I'm here. Sorry. No, oh, no, just making sure, but <laughs> I just want to know wait. if you're back. I know, I know you had to step out a bit for something, but, uh, yeah, you know, if you could please uh, join in with your thoughts on this. I know you've been uh, listening in to what me, the general, and uh, Centurion have been saying. What What are your thoughts on, again, the 343 layoffs, Joe Staten going over to publishing, uh, and even just uh, 343 commenting on, you know, all the talk about, you know, oh, the studio's not going to work on Halo, and then they're confirming, yes, they are, you know, they're working on Halo, future, present, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, going starting off with, like, the layoff part, like, that part, really sucks as far as like that they had to cut off so many people um obviously with when it's a big tech firm which you think we saw it i don't know if it was from google or somebody else that was like twelve thousand or something like that yeah. the next day um whenever a, a company of like their size amazon google when they lay people off the amount because the amount of uh, people that actually that work for them when they have to lay people off it's a huge portion i've seen that with companies I've been with before, they'll lay off whole sections. There's, you know, some that will, especially after this uh, previous COVID year, there are many companies were uh, vast, you know, hiring a ton of IT workers because all of their office was switching to at home. And there were so many issues and problems trying to basically shift your entire office to everybody at separate locations and make your infrastructure still work the way it's supposed to. Um, and I've seen and, you know, definitely, or, you know, definitely noticed certain sections of certain companies where they just like, Hey, we got to, we hired you guys to do this section. We don't need that anymore. We, you know, we were trying to adapt or trying to, you know, who knows how long this, you know, we saw it with COVID like, <laughs> It kept going and many off many uh companies you know did a whole return to work at some point but still they're not fully back in the office yet you know years later after covid so new no one knew how you know we haven't done anything like this in recent memory so no one knew how to like quickly adapt to that so companies you know massively hired and it was great for the people that needed work um, that could, you know, work from home. A lot of these jobs were, you know, remote jobs um, for people, um, you know, when they're hiring, like when you look at their scale of the amount of people they hired on when uh, right, right before COVID and then to now, um, I think they added, you know, tens of thousands of jobs. Now it, I get the whole thing is, are they being irresponsible of like hiring too much? Well, they may have not created as many jobs as they did so would you rather have those people you know have less have you know not given those tens of thousands of people that they did give you you know jobs you know probably well-paying jobs with great benefits i mean it worked out for them but obviously they have to cut back but you can look at kind of like their long-term trend you know they've grown quite a bit over time so maybe there's a small dip here but you see it go look at uh was it like LinkedIn and mm -hmm. especially just in their gaming division, like you see they're hiring 
in multiple different studios uh, for different new projects. So a lot of times companies will lay off a certain section because they're like, hey, this isn't a company need anymore, but we do need you over here. We get it if you don't want to do that job because we don't have the job that you were doing, but we do have other needs here. So if you can yeah. apply your skill set to these positions, you can apply within and here's your, you know, however many weeks or months severance where, hey, we're going to pay you while you try to look for another position or just apply to one of these positions we do need filled. So this way you're, you're still staying with the company, you know, keeping your tenure. Um, but so maybe if you leave Halo and people are saying, well, you know, looks like all these Sony devs are reaching out to him. Pretty sure there was already internal stuff from the studios that were at the company that had already, they probably were the first people that, you know, <laughs> they were messaging of other studios. Um, and that's what I do at like, a, you know, I've done at my past jobs where I've looked at, okay, is there other posts within the company that, oh, I want to do this in this company now, you know, I'm going to apply for that to get this position in this different department. So I'm sure a lot of them have already looked at that, especially since it's in-house, you probably already have people that can vouch for you. Um, so hopefully they're looking at some of those. Hopefully they all get accounted for every, everybody that left uh, Coalition, 343, Bethesda, uh, Gameworks. Um, I did find it funny where people were like, well, look, they're going to just hire Activision and lay off people like they did Bethesda. Do you think Bethesda wouldn't have, would you think all their studios and everything that would have, they would have kept all of them? We've seen studios like or publishers like them um have to make cuts because guess what they're not a console maker they don't have this giant storefront bringing in tons of cash <laughs> so when if they miss you'll see it with like ea when they like miss on a big project or look at square they miss on uh tomb raider even the tomb raider reboot didn't do the numbers they said it didn't meet our expectations so even when those don't hit the way they wanted to hit what did they do? They just sold off. The, they just said, "Hey, we got to cut ties with it. We can't. We can't afford to miss on like Marvel. Uh, that uh, that Marvel Avengers game they made. Go, so, hey, Embrace the Group or whoever ended up buying it. You want it? Cool. We're just gonna cut ties with it because we can't afford to take a, you know, hit and not meet expectations. Well, that's the thing. What do you think Bethesda was like? If one of those games didn't hit, or one of them just didn't sell, maybe it was a great commercial or like great critically but maybe not a, like i think dishonored 2 is a great critically acclaimed game um you know was i don't know if it was higher i think it may have been a little bit lower than the first one because i think that one was really highly acclaimed and did so well um but i think like dishonored 2 didn't hit you know i don't know it's all of its sales but i'm pretty sure it wasn't like a like massive hit or look, just look at Titanfall Two. Hmm. Critically, people beloved that game, but didn't hit. But they, but they, they, they had talent. They made an amazing game. People love that game. Oh yeah. But it didn't sell. So that's the other problem publishers are running into, where you know these games like Fortnite that are perpetually games as a service. And it, it, I had it with Destiny. I missed so many games because I was diehard in it and I, it had my hooks in me, which is great for them. But it, it was also like, there was, I felt like I was like, uh, I was getting a lot of enjoyment out of it, 
but there just wasn't a lot of content. So I was just doing a lot of stuff over and over of the fear of missing out. So then you ended up skipping and I miss even as bad as people think Halo 5 was or whatever, the multiplayer was solid and I missed playing uh, with a lot of my friends that jumped on it from the Halo 4 and Halo 3 multiplayer days. They all got back on it. I, I was like the only one out of that group that just stuck with Destiny um, during like Taken King because I just wanted to play the raid and upgrade for that, uh, which was great. I had that great experience, but then I also just didn't ever get those experiences that I can't ever really get back in that moment. So like you end up missing out on a lot of games with these other type of, you know, Apex and other games that, you know, they take up so much of your time. And that's where a lot of these single, these uh, AAA studios come to play like Bethesda where they might have to lay off some people or that's what they would have probably had to done or, you know, to do had they not sold to, to Microsoft to get back to kind of what my point was. Um, so to say that wasn't going to happen just be, or it happened because Microsoft bought them and then, oh, they're laying them off and they're just going, no, they want their talent. They actually invested heavily into uh, some of the Bethesda game works. We heard about them like right after the purchase when they were growing their uh, studios. And you saw, you heard about all the other studios like Ninja Theory, they were heavily investing in these studios. So it wasn't like, hey, they just got all these new studios and they're just like laying people off left and right. So that part I just thought was ridiculous. But um, I think they're doing kind of what Sony did with Japan Studio. They restructured it, right? They re they, they already had an, a, a Sobo or I forget the name. I think it's a Stoby team <laughs> that was making the Astrobot games, which was already part of a smaller team from in within Japan Studio. So then what did they do? They just like, hey, we got a hit over here. Cool. We're just going to restructure all of that. We don't need any of this because right now you haven't made a an Ico or a Shadow of the Colossus recently. Last Guardian was like your last hurrah. Mm. Um, but we're, we don't need any of your... And a lot of uh, people that had been with that company that made these great projects, they left. Um, you know, they were just like, hey, we're not a part of... The, we don't want to do this Astrobot thing. I didn't. I get that. Like it's, it's it's a cool, innovative thing of like how they're making the controls, like getting you into that with how the dual sense could work, and that was cool. Like starter game for a lot of people uh, to, to, to like to hey, welcome to the PS5, and here's all the nostalgia. But then they they restructured right, so they got rid of like the rest of the Japan studio that was beloved. So they're kind of doing the same thing with Halo. I get it. There's a, the problem why it's like a bigger issue here is just because if Microsoft been releasing game after game, like, you know, Sony obviously has a much better track record. That's why when like negative press comes or something from from the Sony side, it just gets brushed on the rug. Was it three years after Last of Us 2? No word on factions. That mm -hmm. mismanagement? No one cares. No one talks about it. No one talks about anything that, hey, we haven't heard of this game I think someone was saying it. Uh, there's that rumor that Gears uh, Six might be a few years, um, few years, you know, multiple years away. And I'm like, okay, Last of Us Two came out a year after them, right? Do you think the Last of Us is coming up in the next year or within two? Probably not. You probably won't see that for three years, <laughs> whatever their next project is, because that that factions. Should that have taken this? This better be a groundbreaking fractions game, right? By hearing it's games as a service, 
and kind of in the vein of like, I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know all the moves they're going to do, but man, they spent a whole three extra years <laughs> on this faction and we still don't know when it's coming. So I, I, at least I don't, at least I don't know of any words. So I think some of that's just kind of overblown, but it is the spot they're in. Um, so hopefully their restructuring is like, Hey, we at least have Joe Staten came in. He, you know, he showed us, okay, this is what Halo is about. You know, this is what we should be aiming for. Cut this, cut this. Like we assume he came in and did and got some of the fluff or restructured like, Hey, this doesn't feel like Halo. You need to make it, you know, the story campaign has to go hit these beats and not just some abstract Assassin's Creed go anywhere. He still has to be Halo. Um, so hopefully with like uh, MLD had mentioned here that, you know, brought back MCC from the depths of hell <laughs> that it was initially. Um, look what he did. Um, so hopefully they have a at least a head and vision. Now they really do need to, unfortunately their silence just makes it compound with every rumor they have to fight and they have to release these messages all the time. Now people are saying like, could you imagine 10 years ago that they would have to be talking about Halo, you know, like this? But that's that's where they are. So they, I get what they're doing, and they might have to cut some people and, like, you know, streamline, hey, we need to get more focused. Here's what we're doing. So we don't need – they were, what, like 500-something people big? That's, like, double some AAA studios. Um, so I totally get why they may have had to – it sucks, but – um, now, as far as the whole, you know, Microsoft being like evil because they had people going to a Steam concert, stuff like that is set so far in stone and is more about like making ties and relationships with other oh, yeah. <laughs> clients and Microsoft as a whole. They can't just be like, yeah, Steam, don't come. Cool. We're going to cancel this. Cool. Yeah. We're just not going to make deals with these other companies as Microsoft as a whole that people are relying on us. We're just going to cancel that. Unfortunately, it happened it's bad optics that they had the day before. Um, I don't think Bill was at that. I think he was at, cause of what I think, uh, I saw post him post pictures with, uh, Lord, Lord, uh, <laughs> Lord Cognito and, mm-hmm. uh, King David. So I, I think that was almost the same night, but I don't think they were at that same thing, but, um, that could be just different times when they posted the pictures, but, um, but stuff like that, like it's it's bad optics on them as a company but it's just funny seeing people like literally weaponize the whole thing i think um uh, red dragon's been going through this whole timeline i think oh, they found somebody oh, that yeah you know unfortunately had a stroke and then just like hey look they fired her and she had so i'm just like like do you, do you are you playing games or like like it's i don't know when I see people like that, where it's like you look at their timeline and it's like, like, hey, I'm gonna wake up this morning. What did what what other article talks about? I'm gonna post like, like you're not even posting gameplay ever. Like, when people don't like post ever any gameplay and it's just like specifically well, negative stuff. You know, so what they're not, not talking even, about? Like, I'll retweet like people's gameplay and stuff like, and they don't do anything else other than just like troll. I'm like, do you guys even play? Well, they're trying to deflect because uh, you know the Forspoken gameplay has been coming out recently and uh, not looking good. <laughs> not looking good. Yeah, at it's all. not in their best interest to talk about that. I mean, uh, oh, a PlayStation fans not talking about a PlayStation exclusive. I mean, uh, it, uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but. 
what do I know, right? <laughs> Didn't they buy that for like two years, yeah. something like that? Like, yeah, it's they, something they can like keep that. It. They, they can just keep it forever. It's okay. We, we, we're if that we're was good. coming on Game Pass day one, they would literally say, oh, that's the stuff that that's a Game Pass filler. This is what you get with Game Pass. It's like, it's game Pass to know that. affected its we're, development. That's why it looks this way. That's so literally what they would be saying right now. So, no, you're right. It's just funny what people talk about and what they don't talk about. So, um, but, a lot of it's usually deflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Guys, I mean, anything else to add to this before we move on? Yes, no? All right. I think we'll yeah. wrap up the, uh, the 343 uh, talk and the layoffs. But obviously, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. Um... I mean, I think a lot of us would, would have liked to have seen it as well. Joe Staten kind of stay on. But at the same time, he's been doing, you know, he's done some really good things with Xbox publishing too. Obviously, you know, with the ReCore and a few others, Crackdown 3 and whatnot. And Did I, he I, even announce that he left? Uh, or is that just the the word on the street and he's still at 343? What? Uh, well, he's like asked... obviously Bonnie. Pierre took over, I think, after Bonnie Ross, but Joseph was still there after bonnie ross left yeah i don't know if he's formally announced that he's left the studio but well at least he didn't mention it in his recent tweet that he sent out that i thought he was going to correct he didn't say anything he was just saying hey i forget what he said but it wasn't it wasn't about him like leaving that's what i was like well he hasn't said anything but who knows well it was him commenting so i mean eh, either way um yeah I thought that's when he was going to like set the record straight of like, hey, I am going back to publishing, but Pierre here, you know, he has the IP in good hands, or hey, I'm staying. I don't think he said anything, but mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, again, we we'll... can't address every rumor. No, and I I do hope that they address some things in the you know in the months ahead, but um, either way, again, it's a shame that these layoffs had to happen, but. <sighs> You know, I'm not making excuses, but it, it there does it does seem to be an industry wide thing at the moment, and I hope you know you know all the um, employees get taken care of and they find. Uh, You're like Halo, Halo bad. That means all the other studios are being mismanaged as we speak, and like it's really like three for three coalitions, pretty much been smooth sailing. Whether mm -hmm. or not you liked the direction they went in, they still made solid game after game. To be fair, and, I would like you know, to see more. All the other studios, so I'm like. To be fair, I would like to see a little more oversight uh, on their projects, yeah. but again, yeah. you know, we'll see. Uh, I, well, again, we got the uh, Developers Direct coming up, uh, what, next? Mm, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, it is next week. So, hey, you know, we get to see what uh, their next six, seven months are going to be about. So, we shall see, not too yep. far off. Um, but on that note, guys, you know, let's move into our, uh, second topic. Uh, but before that, uh, guys in the chat, hey, it's always, I see a really good discussion going on there. Uh, lots of awesome people there. David, other zinc, David, Harry, guys, awesome to see you here. I saw Mike from NLG. Yo, Mike, uh, guys, if you enjoyed, if you're enjoying the chat so far, then hey, leave a like as it does really help us out, uh, and share this out. We would love to have more people here want more passionate gamers here lots of uh, xbox fans uh but yeah let's move on to some talk about platinum games more specifically scalebound 
Now, we have heard earlier, what, last year, I believe, from Platinum themselves that they'd love to work on it again, right? Well, hey, maybe they got their wish. And according to our friend Nick over at Reset Era, there have been some very, very early talks from Microsoft about reviving the IP. Even uh, Windows Central's Jez Corden has been hearing things. Ah, Scalebound, the game that will never die. For better or for worse, right, guys? <laughs> oh, man. I, I would welcome it back, personally. I was looking forward to it. Uh, Shockley, buddy, I'll lead off with you on this one, my friend. Um, every now and then we'll hear about Scalebound. Like, what do you think about this particular rumor? Do you think that uh, it's worth for Xbox to resurrect this project? Um, I think it definitely is. Um, obviously, I think maybe they should tweak some parts of it. Maybe, like, some of the character model that was just kind of straight up, like, Dante slight ripoff, like, mix of the DMC ninja uh, ninja theory game and like yeah or uh, he seemed a lot like that character or for new world um so i think maybe alter that a little bit or not you know but it has been quite a while since then so maybe they i'm sure there's going to be things they want to update or add to it um but it'd be cool definitely uh to see him you know partner up again or whether or not it ends up being that or some other version of it or a whole new thing, definitely go for it. Um, especially with the Dekia Kamiya that's done great work, um, you know, made some of my favorites or one of my all time, if I'm not my favorite game all time with Resident Evil 2 OG. Um, so yeah, that would be definitely dope, you know, him <laughs> getting um, a project under uh, Microsoft. And you see a lot of people are noticing that Microsoft is funding a lot of different projects. So, you know, whether it's Kojima and anybody else, they're seeing that like, okay, cool. I have a great idea. Hey, no one else picked up on it. Maybe it can work. You know, you saw Sony for, for better or worse with, you know, if you didn't like Death Stranding or what have you, still did pretty well. Um, you know, but Konami probably wasn't going to fund that project from like the pitch. <laughs> Um, but Sony was eager to, you know, fill their portfolio and want, knew that just him announcing a game is going to build up so much hype for your platform. Um, so just like that with Platinum, you know, that definitely wouldn't hurt. They need as many Japanese-centric games as they can because uh, they obviously, those are sometimes far and few between, especially with the lockdown of Square as a publisher to pretty much the Sony side. <laughs> um, so definitely try to fill the void of, in other areas. Um, but yeah, I, I think they still a lot of, there was, I think initially a bad blood when it was between like the companies, uh, like between like, you know, Microsoft, you know, the, you know, overall the company and, and, uh, platinum games at the time, just the way it kind of, that rift happened. Um, but I think maybe personally on like Hideki Kamiya and like, you know, Bill Spencer level, I think, think there's probably, you know good blood or you know respect respect between them um because at that time you know phil was still under like terry myerson so the xbox division was still under like windows um so they had to whatever budget they had that, that and that's when you saw a lot of cuts happen where they had to either shut down studios or you know hey we've got to cut ties on this project you're not meeting certain milestones that we put in place and I can't show these to like 
higher ups that he's well he's not even showing it probably directly to staff yeah he's having to bring it to you know vps that he's under like terry meyerson and that windows you know it wasn't even their own division um they're like hey we're gonna keep funding this game okay why should we keep doing it there you brought me that they missed you know i don't know if it was multiple milestones or but that was at least the talk of like hey they missed certain you know points in time where they should have had this running and we saw that last right before it got canceled you know i was what i remember watching giant bombs live stream of the conference and they're like yeah we don't think this looks really good like and it was hmm. super choppy whatever they yes. were showing yes when they were trying to do like four people <laughs> in that co-op they're like uh this this ain't looking good and it's supposed to come out like early the next year um so that seemed kind of iffy i thought maybe hey might get delayed to like spring you know give us more time but then it obviously ended up getting canceled but i think that's more of you know stuff decisions he had to make because he was when you're given a certain budget you have to make certain cuts with that budget that you're given so you know it's kind of like when someone's making a movie here's your budget for the movie make that work and you see certain filmmakers like hey we gotta not get a permit like i, I remember like 28 days later when a great movie with Danny Boyle, where they wouldn't mm -hmm. have like shooting permits in some sections and we're just like shoot okay we got our scene cool and move on so they didn't pay the money for like some of the permits um and stuff like that so like you got to make do with what microsoft at the time who was still not fully invested and was questioning like hey should we even still have this like this doesn't really make sense for us how <laughs> you know it didn't transition from the 360 and i was like we want to put our money into this when Sony's like clearly destroying us again, like the initial start. So we're kind of going backwards. Um, but now that you obviously that's completely changed. They made their biggest investment in gaming now. So um, I think with that being full force behind it, there's great relationships like internally, just not from like, Hey, the higher ups and VP that control where the money and how we spend it, they're not going to let us this keep funding your project hey i'm gonna have to cancel it and whether or not it was better for gamers or not <laughs> that you know that line from phil um it is what it is but you saw you know obviously we've beaten this a thousand times the second he did get that vp status like his predecessors had <laughs> when they had like direct control and directly answered to the ceo he went on a spree and look where xbox's studios now versus what they had before so i i think there's um definitely good relationships with them so it's hey xbox needs like i've said more japanese games and they've had hit after hit they obviously had, were kind of a little bumpy around that time when they did have near automata that was you know had a great uh reception and everything but wow. and that scale band got canceled and that tmt tmt game got pretty poorly reviewed well to be fair um, to be fair though shock i mean sense. they are a mixed bag platinum i mean you, you, yeah. you can go from near automata to or astral chain as well for nintendo uh highly acclaimed games and then you get babylon's fall <laughs> so oh yeah yeah i didn't even think of that being there <laughs> right so i got so brushed under the rug i didn't even know who made it so okay yeah thanks yeah <laughs> oh man that that oh that was bad but um 
I don't know. To be fair, I like. Uh, I mean, I personally it like. Can't be any worse than Crossfire, right? Okay. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. Well, I wanted to play their campaign. I'm still hearing the campaign was good or decent. It's all right. It still has all the backlash. Okay. It's okay. Maybe I'll check it out one day. It, no, it's it's serviceable. It's like Two dollars. <laughs> ah, isn't it on Game Pass still? It, it, I think it was like half the campaign was on Game Pass, and then yeah, the other half you had to purchase. And that's what I was like, I'm not spending money with. Uh, I don't even know what's good or what they're talking about is bad, because they were reviewing the whole thing as a whole, but or the, the you know whole, the project as a whole on the review. But I thought the multiplayer was like free to play. I was pretty sure. So I was like, I just want to know if the remedy part's good. No one gave like. From the get-go, people didn't like the multiplayer beta. They're like, uh, this doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. But they're like, hey, that single-player, you know, sizzle reel, that Remedy showed of the single-player portion, that looked pretty cool. That actually, at the time, was the best thing, one of the best things they showed at that conference that one year. Mm. They're like, oh, snap, and Remedy's making it, and they just made control? They saw what they did from that? That's why people were hyped to play. And then when they found out, okay, only half of the campaign's in there. And then we went from there and just got bombarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe rightfully so. I never went back to it. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to waste my time right now. It's, uh, I, again, I played the portion in Game Pass and I thought that it was fine. I had a good, decent time with it, the campaign. Not the multiplayer. The multiplayer is very, yeah. But campaign, uh, I, I had a good time with it personally. So, I, 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 yeah, I would say give it a, a download, uh, play it for an evening, see how it goes. Eh, why not? Uh, let's see. MLD Pal. I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this whole scale-bound revival rumor. Uh, do you agree with what Shockley's saying? Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I don't think I've ever heard you do that speak of scale-bound before. Like, what, um, would you be excited for them to possibly revive it? Or do you even really trust Platinum Games at this point? Well, <laughs> I'm in the camp that thinks just leave this game in the past essentially um when i saw the gameplay uh it looked okay i mean the premise looks okay i mean you got a guy guy with his dragon just you know messing messing stuff up on paper that that sounds pretty good but i feel like the game just wasn't good enough and that's why it was scrapped i i don't know like i feel like uh like people like people i i played crackdown 3 I thought it was a good, like, you know, a one-and-done kind of game. Uh, but a lot of people uh, online... The Crackdown 3 is, like, almost universally panned by, by critics and by gamers online. And I feel like Scalebound would have been, like, the next Crackdown. I don't know. It, it, look, it looks like it would have been a, a 60s Metacritic kind of game. Uh, it, it, looked, it looked choppy. Um, I don't know. I don't think it would have been a, a good investment if they saw it through. Plus, there's the whole thing where you know, you know, Platinum just kind of just took Xbox's money and just didn't use it the way it sh- they should have done, and mm-hmm. and their record is a little bit spotty, like you know, Babylon's Fall. So there is that. But, I mean, I'm thinking on on the positive side here, Xbox needs as much Japanese you know partnerships as as they can get, and if, if they can secure. Uh, and an Xbox ecosystem exclusive with Platinum Games, whether it's Platinum or Southern New, 
ultimately, I'm going to say go with it. And if it is scale-bound, really have some oversight this time. Make sure, like, the kinks are ironed out, it's smooth, it's optimized for Series X, it's not just an upscaled Xbox One game, like, make it next-gen only. And if there's any problems with the gameplay, iron them out. Like, really have some oversight. But personally, I feel like just leave that game in the past. What's done is done. And just, just make a new IP instead. Or any, any other IP. Any game that Platinum is making, get Xbox in on it. Make it a Game Pass Day 1 game, whether it's multiplat or whether it's timed exclusive or even full exclusive. I think Xbox should make some kind of partnership with Platinum Games, one way or another. But, <laughs> but again, I am not pro-scale bound. So, so, so that, that, that's my take. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, but, you know, what if they... Because um, I, I think it was on Unreal Engine 4, and of course, you know, you had mentioned too, it just it would not run very well on Xbox One systems. It was just chugging along like anything. Uh, what if they, like, did a port over to, like, Unreal Engine 5, you know, again, and it just took advantage of you know, Xbox, again, current-gen consoles, Xbox series consoles. Um, like, I mean, I mean, personally, I liked the concept of it. Um, I can see, like, again, why people, like, would be hesitant about it, especially after the choppy gameplay. But, I don't know, like, if they had a more dedicated Platinum games on it, for sure, and... I don't know, again, like, they have the hardware for it. I mean, personally, they, they could use another J... Like, what would it be, be considered, like, uh... I, I kind of link it to, like, Monster Hunter in a lot of ways, too. I just... I can see Xbox be wanting to revive it because it gives me Monster Hunter vibes. And Xbox seems to really like Monster Hunter right now. I mean, it's doing really well in Game Pass. So... That okay. seems that seems to be the new the new crack for them recently. What was it, Monster <laughs> Hunter Rise recently, and then previous Monster Monster Hunter games have done pretty well from what I'm to understand. So that's true. Well, I mean, it would be a big PR boost, that's for sure. Opt optics wise, it, it's a slam dunk. Like this is like a a, a shelved uh, IP that everyone thought would never come back, and here it is. And not only is it back, but it's going to be better than ever and optimized on Series X. So, yeah, like, glowing new partnership, growing partnership between Platinum Games and Xbox. Xbox is growing their ties to Japan. All these things, it all sounds nice. And that would be the ideal best-case scenario. So if they do optimize, okay, well, I will give Scalebound a chance. Uh, if they're going to put the time and effort into it, yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So, but again, things rarely go the way the best case scenario usually is predicted. We're probably going to get, uh, I don't know, like if it does happen, might be yeah, somewhere down the middle line, I'd, I'd say in terms of wild predictions versus the glass half empty kind of predictions. You know what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean... <sighs> You look at where it was going to launch, right? And it was, it was, I guess it was supposed to be like within that same. I think it was supposed to be a 2017 game, and then it got canned in like yeah, January of 17. Um, like again, all the assets. I mean, presumably it was pretty far along. 
So I could see Xbox wanting to possibly salvage it. I mean, if if all the assets are there, why not, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying it would be cheap, but I mean, it's just sitting there. So, I don't know, that's just me. Personally, that's just my thoughts. Uh, Centurion Pal, I know you're patiently waiting to get in on this. What are your thoughts on the whole uh, skill-bound rumor, rumor mill? I know, again, we've touched on this, like, we've heard Platinum Games pe uh, personnel come out previously oh yeah you know we really want to work on scale bound you know we uh love the ip we'd love to uh, revisit it work with microsoft again now we're hearing that hey you know there's very early talk about uh, platinum wanting to be like hey you know microsoft let's do something here and microsoft's kind of entertaining this uh yeah got any thoughts here Oh man, Scalebound. Uh, this is one of those games that I'm gonna be up front, man. Um, so we all like I talk about it. I didn't really get heavily invested into getting a lot of my content on gaming from social media and YouTube until mm. about 2018. I missed the the Scalebound hype train. I'm gonna be absolutely truthful on that one. Um least if i could be blunt and i'm kind of gonna build off of what general mld said because i was actually kind of it was kind of exciting to hear what he he kind of opened up with on saying that maybe it should be left in the past um because like let's face it um of course platinum games wants uh to open this ip back up again because you know let's let's face it from a business perspective platinum games anybody they're like hey we're platinum games we want to make you a game ain't you that company that like took billions of dollars i mean millions of dollars from microsoft and just released other stuff and completely botched uh mm -hmm. scalebound yeah and like i'm gonna be up front that's a black eye on their reputation as a company and now they've received their other black eye with babylon's fall so these guys are walking around uh with a pretty uh uh, with a lot of baggage as we would like to say um and yeah maybe they're trying to reverse some of the negative damage that they have done to their company uh when it comes to um professionalism i mean you don't take millions of dollars from a company and start releasing other projects of yours using their money and then completely uh make a crap product like from what i've seen and heard about what scalebound was on paper this game sounded really cool would it be great to play it would it be something to add to the xbox ecosystem yes but um that's where i like how general mld said it you know the optics of it would be great if i was microsoft this is where at least if i could be the person that was in charge of like getting this this contract or whatever signed I would be making Platinum Games know, like, you're going to be on the hook for a lot of money. And as a matter of fact, most of the financial output is going to be you. And when the game crosses the finish line, because, like, cause, like, basically at this point with Platinum Games, they have to have, um, God, what's the term in pay? Like, they do it in the movie industry where you have to be at a certain point in production to get the next uh, infusion of the money that you're supposed to be using for your budget. And that's where Platinum Games needs to probably be put on something like that, where they have to show results in stages 
um and that's and then they get their next infusion of the money that microsoft says that they will give them based on the results that platinum games gives them and then also the other fact is um platinum games uh needs to realize that like they're not out here making blockbuster games i mean yes there's some cult classics yes they have um following for a lot of games that they do i believe bayonetta is one of them but let's just face it uh platinum games hasn't like knocked one out of the park in a while um in in my opinion uh i really feel like a lot of the ball should be in their court like hey if you want this to be your redemption you better figure out what the hell you're gonna do to to make this your redemption story the game that never the game that never could be be you know cross the finish line you know the <laughs> instead of it calling the the the, the little engine that could it, like you know the little platinum games that could could they really create you know resurrect this game that they have commented and saying that they've put a lot of time and money into but the ball is in microsoft's court because they own all the they own the ip and so the only thing it can do is sit in whatever hard drive that it is over in platinum games and just basically you know gather digital dust um this is where at least at this point for me when it comes to scale bound one of two things needs to happen either a we need a platinum games needs to somehow find a way to hammer this game out with xbox and get this basically going or they need to go to that damn hard drive and they need to hit delete and it's done it's wasted money that you guys you know you fumbled the ball for microsoft that's on you that that can stick with you as a company um and it's time to stop dragging the xbox fans along with these illusions of grandeur like oh hey we want microsoft to we want to make this game with microsoft if only they would let us do it you know we we completely are doing our jobs right and things are looking pretty bleak for us as a company so maybe we'll somehow drive up um consensus or fanfare to get people to start demanding that they let us make this game and then microsoft caves because we're kate we're basically using their fans against them and i think that's unfair to the fans um especially fans like you um invader because you're actually you um i believe even bomber over on gaming beyond the box you guys actually have t-shirts and flair <laughs> i think you have one of the posters you I... actually have yeah, I, I well, not a po- but I, I do have yeah, I have a T-shirt, I have uh, some like scale-bound jelly beans and a keychain. Oh yeah, I have all that. <laughs> you actually have physical merchandise to prove that this game existed. This wasn't just like some concept game that was going to you know that everybody just was trying to get out there. Like I mean, this game was that close to coming out. They actually had merchandise. Um. And that's where I think that it's unfair to Xbox fans or people that were fans of the concept of Scalebound to use them as a way of getting to Microsoft. Platinum Games either needs to find a way of convincing Microsoft on their damn own, or they just need to stop. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's where, um, yeah, th- this could definitely work out in Microsoft's favor by letting this game go across the finish line. But also at the same time, with a lot of the the ways that games from Xbox, especially first party studios, are looked at as like being very mediocre, I'm just saying if Platinum Games is not going to create a game that's not going to be seen as mediocre or turn into Babylon's Fall, 
Microsoft just needs to say, hey, just please kill it. Give us the hard drive. Do something, but please stop bringing up Scalebound because at this point, we need to move on. Well, and that's the thing because uh, Microsoft owns the IP. So right. here's what right. I here's what I would like to uh, consider is okay. We know that they're that they're talking at the very least, but you know what if they're like, okay, we'll we'll do a new game with you, but we're gonna give this to another developer to finish off. So I mean that would also be that would be a very interesting scenario personally. It would. Excuse me, I'm sick, so I have to like gasp for air. Um, so um, it would be good, but would Platinum Games want to do that? I mean, probably not because looks... Kamea was like obsessed, like this was like his dream. Uh, right, and so. and to put it over to also put it on like what's a brutal, honest truth about that part of the world. Over in that part of the world, you have known what's known as a social credit score. Um, it's based on your as your worth as an individual and it even works for companies over there and would a company that lives in that type of part of the world where you basically where your honor is literally graded on a on a numerical scale would platinum games want to see another company be able to to finish what they what they basically fumbled that would basically be almost embarrassing to them and that's where i'd be curious if platinum games would be even open to entertaining that idea mm -hmm. yeah no and you're absolutely correct on that uh just again an interesting scenario worth a thought um i mean guys you know i don't have a magic eight ball beside me um magic crystal ball but again we'll see what comes of these talks i mean i do believe that they are happening there's enough co uh, cooperation again um from certain uh industry sources so it is interesting that they are having these higher profile talks and uh, we'll see what comes out of them i mean if if we do get something out of skill bound it's gonna be a long while a very long while because again they don't <laughs> they don't want to re-announce something and then something's not ready again so we'll see um i know that there's a lot of variation of opinion on this one um, whether it be just for the IP itself or, again, probably more so Platinum Games. <laughs> they are kind of uh, hit or miss that way. But I don't know. I, I still would be curious to see um, a team up with both uh, them and my, uh, Microsoft Studios. So, or Xbox Studios, I should say. Uh, guys, any more thoughts? Or uh, we can move on? Yes, no? Okay. All right, guys. I believe on that we will move on to our third and final topic for tonight and it appears as if ubisoft is not doing so well at the moment uh they recently recorded poor performance on uh, mario and rabbits uh, the spark of hope game and just dance 2023 a just dance uh, game not doing so well that's interesting as well as missing quarterly expectations, this has led to the cancellation of three unannounced games, amongst other things. Other, a lot of other things were affected here. So things are not looking very cheery for Ubisoft currently. Now, Centurion Pal, I'll uh, hit you up on this one. Uh, what do you think of uh, this negative news hitting Ubisoft? Like, Why um, are they missing the mark so much? 
Oh my God! Where do you start on that question? Where? Why are they missing the mark? Okay, <laughs> I know loaded, uh, but give your best. <laughs> no, I mean like so. Uh, fact one: They have a completely outdated production model. Something that uh, Jeff Grubb himself has referred to as the albatross of the gaming industry. Um, it's a concept that a lot of uh, publishers and developers don't do anymore, and that is the worldwide development of one game. Basically, one game is being worked on by multiple studios, not in a region, but worldwide. We have somebody over in Europe doing this, somebody over in Canada doing that, and maybe another studio in the United States doing another part. And all three of these parts got to somehow cohesively come together to create this this quality game. And because of this this model, quality has been very lackluster, especially with I with some of their titles because of this. Um, now. This is where I want it to be known. I I am an Ubisoft fan. I played the hell out of Rainbow Six Siege. I love Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, every time I see something come on the National Geographic or the Discovery Channel about Egypt, I automatically go like, damn, I want to go play Origins now. Um, I enjoyed Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I need to play Valhalla, but there's some PTSD issues behind that. You know, we all know, like, I I got my Series X and it bricked four hours out oh, of the box yeah, playing yeah. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So oh. I've got I've got like PTSD from playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I need to get over that to play the game because I want to check it out. Um, because I'm a huge fan of Nord mythology, but I also know that's going to be another like three four hundred hour game, and I'm just like I don't know if I'm ready to tackle that monster. Um. I enjoyed the Far Cry series. I could go on and on about how I I personally enjoy what Ubisoft has offered me with certain titles. But then, yeah, like the Just Dances. I, I didn't even know they were still making D Just Dances. Um, I I know about Mario versus uh, Mario slash Rabbids uh, from uh, the original game. I was surprised that they were going to try to do a number two, but that was because, like, it sold, like, gangbusters on Switch. They thought they could somehow recapture that, and it really didn't go over the well they the way they thought, and that kind of bombed it. But in my opinion, the biggest woe that, that Ubisoft is having right now when it comes to why they are going through these problems, I mean, right now their stock is pretty damn low. I think it's the yeah. lowest it's been since like 2019 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, let's look at it this way. For starters, they've canceled at least seven games in the past six months. Yeah, It's like they're over here starting to, to, to wrestle over the crown with EA on how many how much you know how much can we really delete or cancel like i was just like holy cow seven games man ubisoft is on a roll um they're having a lot of internal struggles like the ceo of ubisoft the guy in control of all of all of ubisoft has lost his damn mind uh he's become very condescending and negative towards his employees um he's basically blaming all the woes of the company on their work ethic and he even put out an email saying well, uh, our quality and standards and things getting to the to the finish line uh, in the on the dates that we set, the ball is in your court. Um, you got to make sure that you make f good financial decisions. You got to make sure that you're not running up budgets. You got to. He's somehow basically insinuated that all these lowball employees that are not in leadership roles 
need to uh, somehow work harder and smarter and make the, the big wigs look good when there is a horrible, horrible mismanagement in that company. I mean, it, it, like they had some serious sexual harassment allegations come out in 2020. Uh, they lost a lot of senior, uh, senior leadership positions because of these allegations. Um, and then it just seems like what they're left over with are a bunch of executives that really do not understand the gaming industry. They're, you, you know, people want to sit there and tear down 343 and Microsoft for being hyper-focused on, um, on games as a service when it comes to trying to compete with uh, Fortnite and Destiny. You want to talk about the company that has lost their damn mind on being hyper-focused on that. That's Ubisoft. For some reason, they really feel that every single game that they now produce has to be somehow linked to games as a service or legacy games, long-lived games, um, as they like to put it. And I, I really feel that they, uh, they need to stop with the direction that they're hoping to go because they want everybody, they want every game that they make all of a sudden to somehow bring them Fortnite money. Yeah. And, and that's where it's just like the CEO for Ubisoft needs to take a step back and, and, and realize that you can't make every game as games as a service. You got to focus on what your strengths are. And Ubisoft, in my opinion, their strengths are telling really good single player experiences Yes, they've had some success with multiplayer, but it has been few and far between. I think the only one that I could really name off the top of my head that ever had really uber success was Rainbow Six Siege. Right, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of problems with Ubisoft, and it really sucks because, I mean, they've created some of the better titles that I played last gen, and... I'm really disappointed to see that this is going to happen. Um, they were even talking about having a strike here, I think, this week sometime. That's, the strike is only supposed to take place in the afternoon, and it's supposed to last, like, I think anywhere from two to four hours mm -hmm. to try to get the CEO's uh, attention. Like, hey, this is what we can do if you really want to screw with us. Um, but I'm not sure that that's going to really get through to them until they start affecting the bottom line of the entire company. And then when you start affecting the bottom line, we're going to see titles like uh, Assassin's Creed. You know, they're big plans for Assassin's Creed. You know, we might see some stuff fall through there. Um, and then Skull and Bones. <laughs> Holy cow. The, you want to talk about the game that never could. That game right there, that is development hell with a capital D and an H. Mm -hmm. um, and it, uh, for a lot of people don't realize, the reason why that game will not go away and it has to cross the finish line is Ubisoft struck a deal with the Singapore government on the development of this game, and they're on the hook for a lot of money uh, to make sure this game gets put out, which is why they have to they have to get Skull and Bones out. It's not something they can just throw in the trash and walk away from. They made a deal with an actual government to get this game out, and it put them in a real bad spot. So they're putting probably a lot of time and effort into trying to get this one game across the finish line because of some bad promises that were made. Um, and this just goes to show how the company has been mismanaged. And, you know, I'm going to be surprised what their future is for. I mean, what their, their future looks like, especially when it comes to what games are really going to come to us as gamers. Yeah, I mean... Even some of their games stuck in development hell. Uh, when the heck is Beyond Good and Evil 2 gonna yeah. re-reveal, right? Like, it's been forever. That, that's, a, that's a whole nother podcast in itself, that game. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, hey, I was one of the people that loved the first one, but, uh, you know, that was a long time ago. This one, I can't even remember when it was announced, yeah. but it's been, it's been a while. It's been a long I, while. As I'm at, if I'm correct and from the sources I listen to and read, um, what's it called? Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 took the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest developed game, and they stole that from Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if that's a, a record you want to have. Uh, I mean, if it turns out good, like one of the best games ever, then that's a different story. But uh, yeah, look how Duke turned out. <laughs> um, Shockley, buddy, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Um, yeah, Ubisoft not looking so hot right now. Um, you know, what do you think of what uh, Centurion's been saying? Uh, yeah, where, where do you think is, uh, where do you think Ubisoft's going? Because, yeah, they've been canceling a whole bunch of games, uh, CEOs made some, uh, pretty weird, well, negative comments about employees, and, uh, yeah, apparently, um, they're being laughed at, too, by perspective, you know, they want to merge, apparently, with some of these companies, and they're being laughed at. <laughs> so, please, uh, yeah, share your thoughts. Yeah, hope can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought my mic was not working. Uh, but no, I, yeah, hopefully they like start to turn it around. It seems like they haven't, I can't even remember the last thing that they released of any substance, really, other than maybe what, Valhalla or, or no, I guess it was Far Cry, right? Far Cry. Far Cry Six, Six I guess. Um, yeah, I think that was after. Yeah, Bahala. Um Yeah, it it really sucks because they they've made some of the, at least in my opinion, of I guess it would be this past gen because I haven't really played their stuff that's released this generation. Um, but like with the the division, that was great, um, especially like. It was. It kind of had that Destiny issue, but just not enough of the. Hey, we both. You know, the studio is not as beloved, <laughs> and parts of like what makes Destiny great is like the gunplay. So everybody likes the get aspect of the gameplay and just always goes back to it. Um, so it doesn't have that that carries it through with still some people, <laughs> um, but that the the what was it called? I forget. I think it was called the Dark Zone. That aspect was always full of shit because you'd be like trying to get your gear out and then someone could see, you know, a flare goes up and they say, hey, someone's leaving and you can go and jack their stuff. And you're literally, you know, fighting not just against like, you'd also be fight fighting against AI trying to take your shit, but, uh, but also real opponents. That <laughs> so that aspect was always super cool. And it was also always thrilling when you got some really good shit and then someone really, you know, almost jacked it from you and you, and you killed them and got it hooked and out of there. Um, and then uh, the first Watch Dogs I thought was really cool because you'd be playing and you'd be noticing almost like the Matrix where like, is something off here? And you're like, oh, I'm being inv invaded. And then you're like looking at which NPC doesn't seem like an NPC. You know, like you're trying to see that glitch in the matrix, and that part was always cool. Like, you couldn't find the person watching you, or you you would spot them because they would like start backing up in their car a little bit, and like, up, oh, that doesn't seem right. 
Um, so, so they've made some of the coolest, like, like multiplayer wise, uh, some of those aspects that are really dope that they just needed to hone in on and not let it get so bloated and off track or that's the problem with games as a service that we always come back to is that the, that content issue is the main problem, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, a bad spot that they've been in as far as just like content and, um, you know, right now having to cancel so many different things. I think we've seen skull and bones. I think it was supposed to come out around the time. I, I almost remember it coming out around the time, like, of, uh, uh, so I can't even talk right now. The 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 rare game. Uh, I don't know why I can't say the name. Sea of Thieves. Sea of wow. Thieves. Yeah. Um, where people were like, I think it was almost around that time where that was being pitted against Sea of Thieves, and they're like, Hey, this looks realistic, and then this looks like cartoony. Obviously, visually, Sea of Thieves looks, you know, amazing in a lot of aspects. Whether you didn't like their character models is one thing. Um. But, I, I mean, yeah, with the stuff they've worked on, it just seems like other than just, like, the ones that they've kind of milked the complete shit out of at this point, um, a lot of their, like, actual, like, new IPs, they've had a lot of issues either having delays that last the entire generation, like, beyond good and evil and pretty much, like, skull and bones. So, um, obviously, it seems like one on the roast. I don't know who would buy them or who would be wanting to buy them, um, at least when Activision's on the ropes, there's a lot of reasons to, to still buy them. They still, their game sells more than any other game. Hell, their game from the previous year sells more than almost any other game <laughs> from that from that current year. Um, and you also have King and Blizzard still killing it, even though they've had their own issues on the World of Warcraft side. and. But it seems like they're hitting up, you know, we'll see with Diablo, but it looks looks good from what I've seen. Um, but yeah, it just, I, I don't know who would buy them, maybe like an Embracer group or Tencent. I could see them like making it a move to do that because people still buy a lot of these, you know, games as far as like the Assassin's Creed and the, and the Far Cry, those still are popular, but not, I don't think they're anywhere near on the, you know, scale of obviously like Call of Duty and some of these other big annual games, but other than those two, like they've kind of squandered. Division could have been something great, at least when they first showed that way back in the day. That seemed like it was like going to be one of the best games of that generation, which it wasn't. Even though I had some of the best moments, I felt <laughs> with the days uh, with the uh, Dark Zone, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. They've definitely fallen as a pub publisher, but obviously I don't think they'd be up for grabs for Microsoft unless this deal fell through. Then, may then the ABK deal falls through, then that might be like a consolation prize of like, hey, we'll get this and we'll just make this. Uh, obviously, it'd have to be for a fraction hmm. of the cost, but hey, we'll sell these annual games. People still buy the Assassin's Creed games, and there's still a ton of, you know, IP and. If, if at that point I don't even know if it'd be worth it <laughs> obviously because we've all seen with Activision there's a lot of reasons why it's worth what it is because um, even when Call of Duty is at its lowest moments people still 
bring their money. <laughs> it's like people complain about Pokemon, but they still still buy every each one, every iteration, no matter how much they complain about it. You are um, correct. Whereas the Ubisoft stuff, I don't know if it's doing all that, that hot. Whereas Bethesda, they at least, hey, maybe all of our games aren't hitting and, and selling everything, but with the exception of Fallout 76, they're all pretty much critically acclaimed. Like, they were, they didn't really have any misses up until, like, Fallout 76. Obviously, people joke about them being Bethesda, but let me know of any game, you know, that doesn't have bugs. You know, GTA 5 is highly acclaimed and people love it. Buggy has absolute shit when they released it online. It was a completely broken mess. Master Chief level broken mess. Yeah. But it didn't get the material um, because, you know, it's not an exclusive. I would say, though... <laughs> you know, because if it was a Sony or Xbox exclusive, it would have got torn apart. But since it wasn't, people were just upset, but they're like, oh, okay, you made good, cool. Mm-hmm. And they were over it, so... I would but, say, though, they still have some interesting games in cool. development, like uh, they have a Star Wars game in development, uh, also an Avatar game, Ooh, if I'm not okay. mistaken. So, yeah, that's uh, Ubisoft, right? So, uh, yeah, actually, wait, the... Uh, yeah. The Avatar one, did that come out already or no? I can't remember. Or did, well, no, or it hasn't it come, has has come out. They've released a trailer for it, like a teaser, and it was all CG. They haven't hmm. They haven't showed too much on that. Yeah, I was about to say, I think... And they're... I have to ask, which Avatar? <laughs> Is it the anime or the, the movie? Oh, the movie. James, oh, James Cameron's, James Cameron's yeah. Avatar. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It actually doesn't look happy. Yeah, take a look. I, I forget exactly what it's called. It didn't look too, too bad from what I had saw, but uh, I'll be honest, I don't really yeah. have an interest in Avatar per se, but they, I'm just, they do have projects in development, but man, oh man, they've been uh, taking a beating recently, ta- uh, canceling a bunch of projects. Uh, let's see. MLD Pal, I mean, I would love to know your thoughts here. Uh, what do you think about this whole uh, Ubisoft talk? Because, you know, they have a bunch of cancellations. Uh, the CEO and, like, some higher-ups have uh, not been uh, too kind with what they've been saying to employees. And, uh, yeah, just overall, um, you know, poor performance. Like, uh, I don't know. What do you think? What, you know, what's going on with Ubisoft? <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a love-hate relationship with these guys. Uh, I, I, I love a lot of the games they put out over the years, but it seems uh, they've lost their way. I mean, uh, I mean, you have games that underperformed, like Rabbids. Uh, the, like, like you guys said, the executives making like questionable comments. Their botched investment in NFTs, canceled three games, Skull and Bones is delayed again and looks dead on arrival. They invested a lot in it. In, uh, live service games and most of them just didn't catch on and personal experience Far Cry 6 I think was a giant step back for the for the franchise because they prioritized micro- microtransactions in a single player game like like I, I was in the beginning beginning of the game I have these you get it gives you these pretty basic weapons and it's frustrating to use them because enemies don't go down too easy so it kind of nudges you towards you know, like going on the store and spending some money for some actual decent weapons that actually put put people down. So, I don't know. I, I think they're chasing the yeah. Their priorities are mixed up. Um, I don't know. And even their modern games, their modern games are are 
many people describe them as empty worlds, bloated uh, storylines. Yeah, like I said, chasing micro- microtransactions above all else. Like, um, I don't know. Then, got, then they have the Splinter Cell remake, which people say isn't going to be as, say let, let's say, faithful as the Dead Space remake is going to be. So, I don't know. I feel like Assassin's Creed Odyssey or Rainbow Six Siege, depending on who you talk to, those were like the last like good games Ubisoft made. Like I want Ubisoft to be how they used to be. Like I don't know the mid, like the mid to late two thousands to I'd say what two thousand fifteen. I think I think that was the golden period. You know, like when an Assassin's Creed game took twenty hours to beat, not sixty to not sixty to a hundred. You know, like I want like good writing, good characters that are well written with with proper motivations that keep me invested. I don't know the characters in writing t- uh, today f- for Ubisoft games. I don't know they 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 just don't do it for me either. And yeah, uh, like ev- everything I just described, it just it, it's all it all snowballs. None of what I've said is a big thing in in of, in itself, but together it creates a pretty big problem when you put it all together and say it all at, at once. So uh, I'm not surprised that Ubisoft can't. Uh, find any buyers uh, if th- that they're shopping around and they're they're being laughed out of the negotiation rooms. They got a, a lot of employees, uh, a lot of IP, and they just the executives are clashing with with the developers and the real and the true culture of what the publisher used to be. So, yeah, I, I feel like they're in a in kind of kind of a similar spot as maybe three four three is. I don't know, like uh, what they are today is not what people you know. Fell fell in love with them for, and they're paying the price. They got they got to go back to basics. So, I hope I hope they do. I hope they course correct. I don't hope that these guys go under. I just hope that they figure out what made them great and just do that. Well, well, I, that said, there is a, a time for uh, doing established IPs that that you know make money, but there's also a time to experiment. But I feel like. Get the core, get the core games out first. Do them right, and then I feel like you could you could then expand out and uh, get a little more creative with your investments. So that that should be the second priority, not the first. Being the, doing different things like NFTs and things like that. That 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 should always be on the side, not not your primary core focus. So I hope it works out. But right now, I think they deserve the, the licks they're taking. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh... I think it's fine for these publishers and studios developers to experiment with different things. At the same time, though, Ubisoft themselves, I just find them doing the same thing over and over again. Like, again, the relying too much on the grand open world games. Um, Assassin's Creed has become a crutch, same as uh, Far Cry. Again, not to, like, knock them too much. I know a lot of people appreciate them. I just they're becoming very bloated i want to say um and i could add on to what you're saying Mm -hmm. real quick yeah of course um well i know how you feel about the open world and the bloatedness of that of what they uh you know of that style of gaming the one thing that really bugs the hell out of me when it comes to ubisoft is um shockley touched on it the dark zone oh people love the dark zone that means we need to make it into a whole game Mm. no that's like the frosting on the cake you can't just eat out of the jar of frosting that's unhealthy 
and it's not something that could support you long term um that that is something that makes a a complete game unique the dark zone you can't just have this this and that's what happened one of the games that got canceled was this concept of a battle royale around the dark the dark zone um uh rainbow six siege they had the uh the extraction event that had the sci-fi and the aliens oh my god people love this event this event only came around i think one time people wanted it to come back as an event but then ubisoft are like oh wait what if we made it a whole standalone game rainbow six extraction did not really take off you know people wanted rainbow six they enjoyed the event the event needed did not need to become a whole standalone game um it seems like any anything that makes a game popular at ubisoft any feature that makes a game popular all of a sudden ubisoft needs to create the, the like a whole game around that one feature skull and bones the concept of being able to being able to like the the naval combat mechanic from black flag got turned into an entire game and now we see where it is it's like this is a concept that has not worked for you where you take an element out of a game that made a game successful and you're somehow trying to turn this element into a complete game as games as a service and it just turns into a shit show Yep, yep, and then you got games like, what, a Splinter Cell remake that's, uh, yeah, again, Splinter Cell was an IP that, like, oh, what happened to it last gen? Uh, they didn't do anything with it, um, so it's been a long this time. Is the only thing they tried doing with Splinter Cell was, like, a VR game? Like, hmm. why VR? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just, like, going back to like what microsoft and also sony i mean like if we look at the numbers on sony i think less than five percent of the the consumer base had anything to do with vr and with all the problems that um meta has had with vr with the oculus and stuff and what made you think that trying to make splinter cell as a vr game was going to be uh some groundbreaking experience like dude that's not what they're wanting like it's like ubisoft is like totally out of touch with what people really want mm -hmm. yeah you got that and then even prince of persia right they were doing a prince of persia remake and then it just kept getting pushed back pushed back pushed back people uh -huh. i remember when people saw the um was it the first trailer for it? they're like what the heck is this so because it just didn't look very good and even ea got that right with this whole well it looks like it dead space remake like you just needed to do that but and then people were you know upset on like how that was looking for the prince of persia mm -hmm. and then they were like okay it was kind of getting the sonic treatment and they're like we're just gonna delay it and we'll come back at another time i'm very curious to see how that game turns out shockley are you playing that uh, day one the dead space remake most definitely and I forgot I just recently switched to a schedule where I'm always off on Friday. So I'm like, oh, I was thinking, man, it's because I was looking at the release time and it was saying like 11, I think 11 p.m. or something Pacific. Or basically it wasn't like, mm -hmm. at least you're, if you're getting it digitally, where you just wait until like midnight the day before, you know, on the East Coast. Um, and I was like, oh, shit, so I'm not going to be able to play it before I go to work on Friday. I'm like, oh, I don't work Fridays anymore. Like, this is awesome. Because um, I'm definitely hyped for that, especially the extended gameplay. I 
recently saw that where in before when you would like i think clear a certain section unless there's a certain story beat for you to actually go back there if you were to backpack in a certain area it'd be pretty much like cleared out whereas now it kind of has like a rng like type of you know um or what do you call it like a what's the word it's kind of like those rogue legacy ones where you know if you go in it it's just gonna um trying to think of the word uh but it, where it randomizes everything so basically go in there and hey i already cleared out this area oh well there could be something or there could be you know maybe one enemy or maybe there's a few they're always going to kind of keep you on your toes so i'm definitely hyped the love they're given it looks like uh motive knows what they're doing and they're actually you know a lot of times you'll see these remakes and it's like hey you kind of got what everybody wanted out of this but then you kind of like messed with this and you kind of botched it here whereas this looks like they're nailing every piece of it from at least that extended gameplay i've seen where they went through you know like i think 18 minutes of like okay here's what we did here and it, everything looks phenomenal about it so we'll see with the reviews but uh yeah i'm definitely hyped to uh get that run so right. i'll definitely have my impression on that uh next yeah, yeah, we may have to talk about that because MLD, you uh, made a pretty big pre-order on that too, right? If I'm not mistaken, you got the helmet edition. Yes, I, I took the plunge. I got the collector's edition. Uh, yeah, the helmet, the like this a marker statue, a poster, it, it, all these little goodies. Like it, it's like uh, buying them, buying US. So probably gonna get hurt on the exchange to Canadian, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. okay. It's oh, worth yeah. it. It's worth it. Dead Space is one of my favorite games of all time. Got like the full 1000 gamer score. Uh, played that game so many times. Like, yeah, the, y you got to support it when they do a remake done right. And all the previews, I, I keep up with all the, all the news. It looks like it's just that, like a very faithful, proper remake. So, okay, I'll put my money where my, where my mouth is. I'll support the devs when they do right by me. All right. <laughs> The only negative gripe I'm hearing from people, which I think is kind of ridiculous, is uh, his dead girlfriend or wife isn't as hot as he was in the 360, J. Oh, come on. Yeah, and apparently... And like, like, yeah, yeah, she kind of oh, looks like how someone would look like, probably at her age, probably not wearing makeup on this mind. Uh, yeah. Yep. And personally... <laughs> she doesn't look that bad. She looks kind of like what age is. He's probably been under a lot of stress. You imagine the stuff that goes on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not a fan of Isaac's new face as well. I preferred his old face. But uh, again, yeah. he's wearing a mask. Who cares? Yeah. Someone morphed his new face with his uh, Dead Space 2 face. Yeah. And they perfectly morphed him like, oh, that looks... I don't know how you did way better than <laughs> like nailed it <laughs> between those <laughs> options but i guess it looks more like the actual actor yeah that, that, is why, though, that is interview. why yeah. yeah it gave me like resident evil 7 chris redfield vibes like that's not him <laughs> but, yeah, but okay. they've changed him so much that yeah okay he doesn't resemble <laughs> yeah. at least it's not re7 you know actually he looks like re7 chris if i actually <laughs> well a little bit yeah but yeah, either way, these are all, yeah, these are minor gripes. So the, I'm looking forward to it so much. All right, and just out of curiosity, Cent, are you picking up uh, Dead Space remake at all? Uh, I think I, I think you were talking about it before. 
Cent uh, Centurion. Oh, I've never mind. I just muted myself. That was <laughs> um, I am. I'm on the fence about getting it right now, or do I want to just wait? Um, it it has to do with more like I have a backlog a million miles long. I've already got all these other games, and that's where I'm like, do I really want to? Do I plan to play this day one, or is this something that I will get around to playing after I purchase it and it goes through its first sale? Do I? just wait until I'm ready to play it and then buy it on the sale kind of thing. I mean, I really want to play it. I mean, you guys are getting me hyped for it. You're making me like, kind of like, do I want the game? Do I not want the game? Uh, but it's just more like I am trying to be more responsible with like what games that I really do plan to play as soon as I get them in my hands. And that's where I'm like, am I going to, put down the games that I've already put a lot of time into to start playing this game when it comes out on Friday. Um, if by some chance I somehow wrap up like Marvel Midnight Suns beforehand, um, you know, that might sway that decision, but I haven't really made up my mind yet. Do it. Yeah. Do it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Pure pressure. Great. Yes. Uh, no, I don't want to smoke it. No, I'm playing. You can do it, Nikki. <laughs> buy his freaking head off yeah buy that freaking game um yeah no i hear you there's a bunch of games i'm always talking about my backlog too but uh, how about you dude do you plan to pick it up day one i wasn't planning to initially i might wait a month or two but yeah we'll see I'll, I'll see what uh what shock and uh, mld what their reactions about, are first that's what i might do because like i mean let's face it you anymore you feel kind of irresponsible with your money unless you're like an absolute baller when you buy a game day one and you still haven't gotten around to playing it and the first time it goes on sale and it's like well, shit i could have bought it now and at least saved that money um yeah and that's where and, and because games pretty much go on sale within like two three months and you know let's let's face it we've got a pretty stacked uh, a pretty stacked uh, first quarter of the year that's going to have a lot of good games. We've got Atomic Heart uh, coming out in February. Yes. We've got yep. we've got Hogwarts Legacy. We've got um, a whole bunch of other games that are coming. I think Dead Island 2 in March. It's more like trying to weigh the option of what games am I going to the minute what game do I want to play the minute it's in my damn hand versus the game that I'm willing to wait for a sale or something or when I get around to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a fair statement, honestly. I mean, I've been guilty of uh, doing that myself. So, but Oh, dude, yeah. the classic example, not to interrupt again, but the classic example, I bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla day one, the freaking big $120 package. Oh, shit, look at that. I haven't played it yet, and you can now buy the entire package for 40 bucks. Don't I feel like a freaking moron? <laughs> well, hey, it happens to the best of us. So, again, I got games still sitting in packages from like a couple, a year or two ago. So, but I I swear I'll get to them. I swear. <laughs> I know. We always tell her, like, I'm going to do it. I promise. But uh, no, I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be ripping open one of those games uh, next, uh, probably within the next week or so. And then go through one yeah one of one of those games and then uh atomic heart at the end of uh february so looking forward to that but 
Guys, I think on that note, I mean, I do believe that about does it for tonight's offerings. And, uh, yeah, you know, I got to say, good job tonight, guys, covering all kinds of things, including the situation, again, with uh, 343 Industries, Scalebound, Ubisoft, and, you know, we touched, uh, touched on a few other things, too. And to everyone that tuned in tonight, thank you for dropping by, as always. And to all the new faces, it was great having you here. We hope to see you on more. And if you enjoyed tonight's conversation, then please like the show, share it out as it really does help us out, and hey, stick around, sub to the channel, we would love to have you. Next, over to the outro, starting off with Eric Shockley. Buddy, hey, I loved your input tonight, you had some really thoughtful responses, where can all these fine people follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shockner on Twitter, easyshock, good show tonight, good talk. Thanks. Here, uh, we'll see some pretty awesome shit on <laughs> this upcoming uh, show this week, and definitely have that to talk about next week and give you our first impressions of hopefully a sick ass remake with Dead Space. But thanks for stopping by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do have uh, a lot to look forward to for the next week. Next up, General MLD. Buddy, hey, I loved your takes as well. Uh, again, very uh, in-depth analysis on all the topics. Where can all these lovely people find you? All right, thank you. You guys can find me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, gamertag Ghost MLD. Yeah, had a lot of fun, and uh, next week should be yeah, a bit on a brighter note with the, 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 with the Xbox Direct and all that to uh, unpack, all that, all that nice stuff. So, yeah. Agreed. Yes. Uh, lots of, uh, you know, there is a bright side to every situation. And next next week's looking pretty bright, in my opinion. Some games, uh, direct, hopefully some other news. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Next up, Centurion. Pal, again, you had a really good show as well. Some very thoughtful uh, takes. Where can all these wonderful, wonderful people follow you? Uh, thank you to thank you guys for putting up with me still in recovery mode. Thank you to everybody in the chat that came out and listened to the show. Sorry if you guys heard me gasping for air. Uh, for those interested in finding me, you can locate me at Centurion1307, Xbox Live, Twitter, and of course YouTube. You can also find me here every Sunday night on TXR. And two hours before the start of TXR, you can find me on Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood and the rest of the amazing crew over there. You heard the man, but uh, yeah, to round out the group, you can find my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I've been doing a lot of high on life achievement guides as of late, so hey, if you're interested in checking those out, definitely look me up as well, uh, trying to work on a few uh, reviews and yeah, a few other things too. But yeah, really good chat tonight. Uh, actually, wonderful, in fact. And as always, guys, we will see you on the next one. Later. <laughs>